been enjoying this weekend here. And um, it's been good to meet some of you uh, throughout the weekend with having dinners and lunches together. Um, I, first of all, just want to say thank you. Um, one way that we as Alliance missionaries um, stay on the field is when people like you guys give. And so I just want to th say thank you if you ever have given uh, to um, what we call the Great Commission Fund um, or to, um, yeah, Alliance missions in general, because I can honestly say we do not go and we do not stay without uh, just the provision that people around the, uh, the United States have given um, from the churches. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, and yeah, I also, um, I know that I, yeah, I haven't met any of you up until this weekend, so you'd have no idea who I am. So I'm going to give a brief uh, synopsis of just what I've been doing in Japan the past four and a half years that I've been living there and um, a little bit about who I am, how I got to Japan, and then um, dive into the message. But um, can we put up the, yeah, thanks so much. Um, so first of all, I moved to Japan about um, in, at the end of 2017. Um, actually, it was in November, so five years ago now. And um, I moved there knowing zero Japanese. So I spent the first two years in Tokyo doing language school. And I will just say that Japanese is no joke. <laughs> and so I'm still learning. I, people always ask me if I'm fluent, and I just think that means you have no idea how hard the Japanese language is if you're asking me if I'm fluent by now. Um, or they're just really good, gifted at languages in a way that I am not because um, it's, it's hard to get fluent uh, that quickly. But um, I am still learning and will be learning for a long time, and I'm just thankful to be there and be able to use the language and, and, um, and yeah, speak with people. But um, after the two years of language school, I went... Um, and I moved, and I think on the next slide there's a, um, a map. I don't know if you can see it. Sorry, it's really tiny. But above Tokyo, north of Tokyo, is a city called Sendai. And that is where I live. And it's a city of a million people. And um, Japan as a whole is a country with a population of about 126 million people. Um, and of those 126 million people, less than 1% of those people uh, know Jesus. So um, it, is a very, it is the second largest unreached people group in the world is the Japanese people who are living in Japan. So um, that just gives you a little bit of a sense of just how difficult uh, the... Japan, as, a, as you can imagine, being a first world country is not a, a really uncomfortable place to live. It's a pretty easy place to live. Um, aside from the language, but, um, but the spiritual need is definitely um, their, their biggest need. Uh, and so I yeah, am very privileged to be there. Um, I moved to Sendai to help with this um, church plant. Um, my team and I are, there's three other adults on my team, and we moved there. And part of the reason we moved to, to Sendai uh, is because they, um, well, there's multiple reasons, but one of the reasons is there's a lot of young people. It's one of the um, 
demographically one of the youngest cities in Japan. There's about nine universities in Sendai, so there's a lot of university students, lots of young adults, um, and so that is one of the reasons uh, we chose Sendai to go and uh, start a church. And um, as you can imagine, if you're going someplace and to start a church, uh, and you don't know any Christians, it's a little bit difficult to to know exactly where to start. But with anything, uh, I feel like the easiest place to start is by uh, making friends. So we, um, when we moved there at the beginning of 2020, which is not a great time to be moving to a new place to start a church, uh, we started. Um, uh, by going to different English meetups. There was uh, people who would want to practice their English and do conversational English. And so that was an easy way for us to just meet people and um, help them in a way that they wanted help, which was just by helping them practice their English. And, um, and that we did that for a couple months and then the world shut down and we were pretty isolated. Um, and nobody really went out for a while, as you know. And um, I, yeah, but we continued, as people were comfortable, we would invite people for bar outdoor barbecues and for holiday parties, again, sometimes often outdoors, depending on what the situation was like. Um, we started a, I, I started a, for my own Japanese practice, uh, I started a cafe and I, I told everyone, if you want to come to this cafe, you have to speak to me in Japanese because everybody always tries to speak to me in English and I needed somebody to practice, uh, to help me practice uh, Japanese. So, uh, yeah, so that was what this picture is from. But, um, yeah, so we just, we're trying to figure out ways to connect with the community. And so that's what we've been doing. And um, the average church size in Japan is about 25 to 30 people. And that was before the pandemic. Um, and we uh, currently have about, this is actually from a going away party that they threw me when I was coming back for the year. But um, so that's not the size of our church. Our church is probably um, outside of my teammates. There's probably like 10 of us. So um, I am really thankful to be there, but it's a hard, a hard place to be in the fact that everything just moves very slowly. And um, I, I think maybe the next picture, yes, this picture. Um, there is a, a guy in this picture in the white shirt. His name is Tomo. And he uh, recently gave his life to Christ. And um, we're excited because he, one of the things, we met him here for the first time, actually, um, in, in this picture when we were there. And um, he told us that he didn't have a good relationship with his family. He's living with his parents but doesn't talk to them. And so he would ask us questions about what does it mean to forgive someone? How can someone be forgiven? What does redemption mean? And these are questions that we don't usually get from people. So we could already see that God was working in him. And, um, and one day he messaged us and said, my dad, or no, no, my grandfather, um, has recently, has just passed away, but when he was on his deathbed, I told him, Grandfather, I want you to know that I've decided to become a Christian. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> you didn't tell us this? Um, but, yeah, so he's, he's been, um, yeah, just recently 
been starting the discipleship process, and um, you can be praying for him. It's hard to be a Christian, a Japanese Christian in Japan. So be praying that he uh, just continues to grow in his faith um, and get baptized and all the things. Um, I a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in Delaware, so not too far from here. And um, my dad was a pastor there, and um, I felt called to be a missionary when I was 12 years old. I was, when I gave my life to Christ at the age of 12, uh, one thing God did in me immediately was I felt joy for the first time that I had never felt um, before. And I began to pray for my friends, my middle school friends uh, at that time, just praying that they would also be able to experience this joy. And in one of those times of prayer for my friends, I, I remember very clearly hearing the Lord say, I want you to be a missionary. And so I, didn't, I never doubted that. I, throughout my life, just knew that was what God was wanting me to do. And I wanted to. He gave me the desire simultaneously to go. Um, and so I, that looked different ways throughout my life. I thought I was going to be a missionary nurse somewhere in Africa, maybe, or go to the Middle East or different. I had never once thought about Japan, never once thought about the Asia-Pacific region. I don't know why. It just never crossed my mind. Um, but uh, a few years before going to Japan, I went to work with international students in Nebraska, of all places. There are a few international people in Nebraska. Um, and I um, met Japanese people for the first time, or for the first time that I can remember. And it was through one girl who asked me if Santa Claus was in the Bible that I suddenly, my eyes were open to oh, wow, if she thinks Santa Claus is in the Bible, maybe there's not so many Christians in Japan. So I went home and Googled how many Christians are in Japan, found out that there was less than 1%. And that was honestly through that statistic, that's how God led me to Japan. And um, yeah, that's how I ended up there. So um, part of that time that I was in Nebraska, uh, the Alliance if you're going to be sent by them overseas, one thing that they often require is two years, if you're going long-term, is two years of um, just experience working in a church or, or uh, international ministry, or yeah, working in a church or ministry in the United States. And so I had, during that time, they, they wanted us to fill out like a report every month just so we could say what we're doing. And there was a question on this report that actually I really enjoyed uh, answering because it, it, it was, I, I felt like it was a deep question that made me think about, okay, what am I actually doing here? And that question is on the next slide. Uh, how have you seen God using you to bring a meaningful, impactful presence to your church and community? How have you seen God using you to bring a meaningful, impactful presence to your church and community. Um, as you just heard, the uh, uh, missions emphasis theme for the year is be present. So um, I kind of want to think about this question while we're here today and just try to, I, I want to share what God has been teaching me about what it means to be present, um, in, not only in Japan, but in the places where he has me. And for this year, that is here in America. Um, and yeah, so 
Um, this is by no means uh, an exhaustive list. <laughs> it's only a couple things. But um, I hope that, um, yeah, we can um, think about ways that God is calling us to be present where we are. So um, this question here, I think, implies a couple things. It implies, one, that we're... Um, that God wants to use us. Uh, it also implies that um, we're able to make an impact simply by being present. And it implies that we're not only in, but also serving our church and community. And um, I think one way that uh, God has called us, or at least one of the things that I've been learning, is that uh, God wants us to be present through uh, intentionality. So it says, having a meaningful, impactful presence requires intentionality. And uh, in John 4, I'm not going to get into this story, but one thing I just want to highlight, when I was thinking about how was Jesus, um, how, when I was thinking about what does it mean to be present, I was thinking about, okay, Jesus was present um, and intentional about everything he did. And this one story about the Samaritan woman, when you think about, um, if, if you know anything about that, the history of Jews and Samaritans and how Jews would go around Samaria um, in order to avoid um, getting, being in contact with the Samaritan because they didn't like each other. And um, so it was all the more intentional when it says in John 4, Uh, verse uh, 3 through 5, it says, Jesus left Judea, departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. So he he did the opposite of what was normal, and it says that he had to pass through Samaria. So Jesus uh, knew what his assignment for that day was, and um, because he was in constant communication with the Father and knew what he was supposed to be doing. He, he was very intentional about the way that he lived his life. Um, and you might be thinking, well, of course, he's Jesus. <laughs> but I really believe that God wants us to be intentional about the way that we live our everyday life. And so it kind of makes me think, like, are we asking God each day, like, or even each moment, like, Lord, what do you want me to be doing today? What do you want me to be doing uh, right now? Like, where are you working, and where can I join you and partner with you in the ministry that you're doing? Um, I, yeah, I, I remember having, uh, I think it was a professor in seminary who just said, like, he loved to pray the prayer, where are you current, God, where are you currently moving and working? And then he would just go join him wherever he felt like God was, was moving. Um, so uh, I really want to grow in this. But one, uh, one example that I have of when I was in Sendai, I, um, I actually did wake up and think and pray, God, what do you want me to do today? Like, I want to be, uh, I, I believe I prayed something along the lines of, Lord, uh, I want to love someone and serve them today and show them your love in whatever way that looks like. And so it was just a short little prayer. It wasn't anything crazy, but I got this picture in my mind um, that was so out of 
the ordinary of what I would have normally thought about that I was like, I feel like this might be some sort of direction from God. And the picture was, um, I saw this man wearing a black and white hat sitting in a cafe in Sendai that I had never been to, but I knew that he was at this cafe. And so I was like, this is weird. Like, I've never been to that place. I don't know who this man is. And so, yeah, so I saw this picture and I thought, okay, you know what? I have time. I'm going to go and just see if this man is sitting there because if it is something that the Lord is directing me to do right after I prayed this prayer, then I want to follow through and be obedient. And so I start on my way on this particular day. Um, I think it was about a year ago. Um, and I started, uh, sorry, I forgot about the slides. Yeah, so, okay, <laughs> yeah, here, this is where I, I went to. This was the cafe. Um, I started on my way, and I suddenly thought, oh, wait, I'm in Japan. This man will probably be speaking Japanese. So I got scared all of a sudden, and I started praying very hard. Lord, please help me if you want me to say something in Japanese. I need your help, um, especially if it's like sharing the gospel or something like that. I had never, at, up until that point, I had never really gotten the opportunity um, to or tried to share the gospel in Japanese. So I was very nervous and worried, but I prayed, and I thought, okay, Lord, if this is you directing, you're going to give me the words to speak. So... I went and I got there and I ordered this coffee and this little pound cake and I quickly forgot why I was there <laughs> because I was just enjoying it. And so, um, and then all of a sudden I thought, oh yeah, 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 there's a reason I'm here. So I start looking around and I was looking for this man in a black and white hat and I looked around and it was only women in this cafe and I thought, oh, okay, that's kind of disappointing. I guess that was, I was wrong. And then... Um, a man comes out from behind the counter, and he's wearing a black and white hat. And I thought, oh, no, <laughs> this just got interesting. So um, I started talking to him. And in talking with him, I find out that he's from England. So he speaks English. <laughs> so the Lord gave me an easy, an easy, he threw me a softball, so to speak. Um, and so I was really thankful. But in speaking with this guy. His name is James. Um, his wife is also there with him in the picture. Uh, she's a Japanese woman. And they own this cafe. And um, I, I said to him, I was like, can I tell you this really weird story? And he was like, sure. So I shared with him how I felt like God had led me and how I had seen this picture. And, and he didn't have to believe me. He could have been like, yeah, you're just making this up. Like, you just saw me wearing a black and white. But he did believe me. And he shows me, he like was clearly in awe, shows me these goosebumps on his arms. And it was explaining to me about how, um, uh, yeah, how he had never really thought about God. And he, he wasn't spiritual is what he said. Um, but he suddenly was like, I, I feel like this is something. Um, because I don't know what's happening right now, but this is weird and this is crazy. And so, so we just talked through like some of that about like, okay, what does it mean to pray and what does it mean to talk to God? And I was able to share like, clearly God's pursuing you. You know, if God, it, I don't know you. Yeah, so anyways, all that to say, I just prayed a prayer 
And I didn't, I didn't come up with that picture. The Lord gave it. And I'm not saying that happens to me very often. Um, but I do believe that God wants us to ask. And God wants us to be intentional about in our prayers and, in, uh, and then in, in looking for ways that we can be present and serving and loving people around us. Um, yeah, I uh, then um, even, uh, I think on the next slide, maybe, okay. Yeah, so this girl, Kanako, this is in the same cafe, a few months later, um, this, I had met this girl a long time ago, and we became friends. But I, she was about to move to Norway, of all places. And so I, I told her about this cafe. She had never been to it, so we went there together. And I introduced her to James. She's not a Christian either. And James starts talking about how I met him and how God directed me. And I was like, what is he? He's, like, sharing with her about God. And then he starts asking her, like, or no, he, he says to her, I didn't believe in God until that happened. And so he's not a follower of Jesus yet, and neither is she. But I do believe, again, that God has a grand plan in mind, and he wants us to be just intentional to follow through on the things that he's called us to do. And whether that is just simply, oh, maybe I feel like maybe I'm supposed to go here today, or maybe... Um, I'm supposed to send a message to this person because I feel like they might be down. I don't know. It could, it could be something really small or something um, bigger that the Lord shows you to do. But um, it could even mean going across the world to another country to share the love of Christ with people. Um, the next thing that I feel like God has been showing me recently um, about just what it means to be present is that um, I think on the next slide it will say, there we go, making a meaningful, impactful presence requires being in community. And again, this is probably one of those, well, duh, like you can't really be present with people and not be in community with people. But we all went through the pandemic. <laughs> we all know what it's like not to be with people. Um, and I just sharing my personal experience during that time. I live in an apartment in Sendai, and I had just moved there a couple months before the pandemic hit. So I didn't really know anybody except the three other adults on my team. And for reasons I will cannot explain right now, because it would just take too long, um, we couldn't even meet together as a team in person. We had to do everything on Zoom. And so it just, I went... Uh, over a month without seeing anyone in person, um, except when I would go to the grocery store and see people stocking the toilet paper. You know how here there was like the whole toilet paper thing that we don't have any, it happened in Japan too. I don't know, I guess it was a worldwide thing. But so they were trying to keep the toilet paper in stock. And um, the grocery store was the only place where I saw people physically. Uh, and I, yeah. Other than that, it was just Zoom. And so I started to feel this sense of like social anxiety that I had never felt before when it came time to go out and meet with people again. I was not, I was not necessarily afraid of getting sick, but I was kind of like 
afraid of being vulnerable and afraid of like social interaction. It was weird because I had never experienced that before. But and I don't know if you guys had similar experiences, but I, for the first time, began to really experience this. Oh man, like it truly is not good for us to be alone. Um, I believe that now with all my heart. I've always said before, like, I'm an introvert. I love being alone, and I, I do like being alone. But I, it is not good all the time. <laughs> it is not healthy. It is, it is, yeah, can be really tough. So um, I began to see just, yeah, what it means to live in community, um, one thing that Jesus did when he was um, on earth was that he always broke bread with people around a table. Um, and as a single person living alone, a lot of times I'm eating alone, not always. But um, I just experience this, this need for community, I think, in a different way than maybe some people who have like a large family around them. Um, or people who live in the same community and not on the other side of the world. But um, the Lord showed me, like, you cannot isolate yourself um, because it felt safer, right? Um, but I began to see that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, this Trinity, is He is a perfect community, and then He invites us to be part of His community and then be part of community with one another and, and encourage one another in that. And so being present in community actually builds up the kingdom of God in a way that we can't build up the kingdom of God in isolation, obviously. And so um, even when it's difficult, even when I think, oh, it's easier to stay home or, oh, it's easier to just be uh, my introverted self, um, there, there are times when that's necessary, but I have to also be in community as well. And so, um, what did being present look like for Jesus? I think when I think of um, presence and the presence of Jesus, I immediately think of the incarnation. Um, and in John 1, I think maybe the next slide... Um, it says that in John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this is what we also uh, often refer to as the incarnation, God, um, the Son humbling himself, taking on human flesh and coming and dwelling among us and being present with us. And um, how did he come? It says he came full of grace and full of truth. And I don't know how you grew up, but a lot of times, one, depending on how we grew up, our families uh, may have emphasized grace more or truth more. <laughs> and so, um, but God... It says that Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. And so how does God call us to be present um, in the places that he's called us? Um, in, I'm going to jump over to one more passage. Um, in John 20, 
verse 19. So after Jesus had, this is taking place after Jesus died and rose again, and he's appearing to his disciples. Um, and it says in uh, John 20, verse 19, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he, uh, wait. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So I don't know how to be present uh, in a way that is helpful and um, kingdom impactful. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> Impacting the kingdom of God without the Holy Spirit. And so I, we need the Holy Spirit. And thankfully, Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to, you know, the, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and um, we now have the power of God living in us to do the things that he's called us to do. And so he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And, and he gave the Holy Spirit. So God's already declared us, if you're a child of God, he's declared you to be sent, a sent one. And he's given you the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that he sent, us, sent you to do. Um, the question for all of us, though, now is like, okay, God, what have you sent me to do? Like, what are you sending me to do, whether it's today or for my life or whatever? Um, and obviously, I can't answer that for you. That's something that the Lord has called each one of us to do different things, and he's gifted us with certain gifts and talents that make sense for the way that uh, he wants us to impact the world for his glory. Um, so I just pray that you would feel um, the Lord's direction in your life, whether that's, again, just reaching out to a, a neighbor or a friend or a family member and the, and the people that you work with or the people that you go to school with, um, your brothers and sisters in Christ even, um, and or maybe that's going across the world to another place where they're are so few Christians, and they need someone to tell them. Um, in Acts 1.8, that's another, uh, this is a verse that we in the Christian and Missionary Alliance love, and it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Please notice that it doesn't say or, or Jerusalem, or Judea, or Samaria, or to the ends of the earth. It says and. And so we're, we as um, Christ followers are, are to bring the kingdom to every corner of the earth. Um, so, again, our presence, where we are 
taking up space in the world, uh, is where God wants us to, um, wherever God's called us, that's where he wants us to just bring his kingdom. And the great thing is, if we're present and we have the Holy Spirit in us, he can do he can work through us. Like we have flaws, we have we've got sin, we've got issues. There's no denying that for any of us, I'm sure. But the Lord will use us in spite of us. I have found that to be true for sure. Um, that I, yeah, I could go on and on about all the times when I have been in tears in Japan because I just felt like God, I am not equipped to do this. I don't feel like a missionary or what I envision a missionary to be. But God just, again, in his mercy, says, no, I've called you, and I can do this through whoever I want. <laughs> and so he wants to use us. That's a good thing. Not just me. He wants to use all of us. Um, yeah. So may we, be, may we be witnesses in our communities and to the ends of the earth. Um, I'm just going to end with this um, verse in Matthew 24, 14. Uh, where is it? Which says, <clears throat> And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Um, yes, we want to bring the gospel. We want to bring the king back. Um, and part of that is whether it's, again, whether it's going to another part of the world or whether it's being here in the place of your work or your school or whatever God has called you to do, um, the gospel is to be shared. And I used to, I used to be, I, still even sometimes I have to remind myself, we, ha, we do have to proclaim with our words and also word and deed, right? We, we do need to um, share the gospel both in the, in, through our actions and through our words. But it's not, I used to get so scared of that act of like, how do I share the gospel? But again, I believe that God's given us each a story and a testimony to share. And it, it starts with that, just sharing, like, what's God doing in your life with the people around you um, and being a, a witness in that way. So, um, yeah, I just challenge, may we each, me included, may we each um, ask the Lord, God, where do you want me to be present? Where do you... Um, have for what do you have for me to do um and be reminded that we're not alone we've been given this, the holy spirit to do the work um through us so i'm going to pray for us and then we'll be done. father thank you that uh we're not alone and that you are at work around the world and um you have called us to just simply partner with you in what you're already doing. We don't have to be super creative or super um, uh, strategic in everything that we do, God. We just 
uh, want to follow you and do, the, do what you've asked us to do. God, thank you for your word that directs us and for your um, just intentionality with us that you um, took us out of the miry pit and um, put us on solid ground and have given us new life and that um, we now have your spirit to walk, walk with us and um, that you want to use us, God. Just thank you so much for um, the fact that you use us in spite of us um, and that even in our brokenness, you um, can bring beauty and bring... Um, Yeah, redemption through that. Um, and that even through our brokenness, uh, you have designed us to um, be uh, just a light to the world and that people see you through, uh, what, you, you through what you've done in our lives. Um, and God, I just, yeah, thank you so much for um, your grace and your mercy and your love um, not only for us, but for the world. God, for the people who have never heard the name of Jesus, um, God, would you, in your mercy, send someone, send us, God. Would you, in your mercy, send people to, um, and send your word to these people, God, who have never heard, Lord, uh, whether it's through dreams, through visions, through a messenger, um, God, would you, in your mercy, uh, just save uh, the people around the world. God, we thank you that um, that is your plan for salvation. Your plan for the world is that one day you're going to come back. Um, and so we look forward to that day, and God, we want to um, partner with you in being present to the people, with the people around us until that day comes.